Online Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Ricky Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into another The Final Dodgers Rap 360 show. Let's hear this song behind us. Wow. 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 Must be Zach in the booth. Wow. You got to wear that for a second. The Mets win this series. I'm Bobby DeMiro. That's Mike Conley. Every once in a while, the AfterBuzz gods smile upon you, and they give you a gift. The gift for us today... Zach is in the booth engineering us. Zach just so happens to be a bit of a Mets fan. Zach, how are you feeling? I know we're doing this on Tuesday, October 20th. You're, of course, tracking the Mets-Cubs game, Game 3. But before we get there, how are you feeling about beating the Dodgers as a Mets fan? i got to be honest. I feel pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I, it was it, I, obviously I wanted to win. I, mean, the Mets, I haven't seen the Mets go. I, I haven't been alive for the Mets in the world. Uh, well, win the World Series. Was it eighty? Was eighty six? Yeah, it was eighty six. Eighty six was the last win. I was born in eighty seven. Ooh. Um, but but, but the Subway Series, you were alive. for? I was alive for it, but I haven't seen them win it. Mm, okay. Um, but it would have been sweet to just win. But after witnessing the Utley slide, and I was at that game, being a Mets fan in L. A. I just was. I wanted this more than anything. <laughs> we we. I think you would have been proud. I don't think you were engineering that day. I think you would have been proud of us and the take we had on the Utley slide. Uh, God, we devoted a whole show to that almost. But that was that was. Listen, so we're talking games three, four, and five here. Uh, Zach is is tracking game three of the Cubs Mets series. I believe the Mets are still ahead late. If the game's not already over, don't. I'm taping the last couple innings, so um, you don't want to spoil it. Pretty much, no. But, okay, you know. So hopefully, people are watching that game over listening to this. This obviously. is this is why this is where not having Twitter comes in handy for you. I'm on Twitter at Bobby Demuro. Uh, I'm actually on Twitter literally right now on the laptop. If you guys want to tweet me, he doesn't have Twitter, so they can't tweet him. A uh, lot to talk also about today. No laptop. We're gonna throw back to Zach every now and again too to talk about the Mets uh, and what he thinks about them because. I'd love to hear a Mets perspective on a Dodgers podcast. Mm-hmm. You got, listen, hey, you got to. I'm no Mets fan. I'm not like Zach at all. But when you lose, you got to own the fact that you lost. And the Dodgers lost. And I guess let's start with that piece of conversation. Mike Conley, let's go right to the heart of the matter. First off, is this season a failure? I mean, it has to be. I mean, in order to incrementally get better as a team, you have to start advancing further than you have the past seasons. And it just seems like that first series they get to, they're gone, whether it be a wild card game or whether it be the division series. So um, they're pretty sorry. I mean, but it's the same Achilles heels that we talked about all year came back and bit them in this series as well. You know, lack of timely hitting. And no pitching past 
the two studs. Bad bullpen. Bad uh, bullpen. Kershaw didn't struggle like he struggled in the past, but obviously he kind of faded in game one. He overcame that in game four through a phenomenal game four. Phenomenal. And you phenomenal. can lose a one-run game in, in, the, in the final game, the elimination game of the series, but you still lose. You're still spending 900 bajillion dollars, whatever the payroll, 200 and whatever. 289. 289 Whatever that was. That's a record. When you have a payroll that big, this point-blank period, end of discussion, is a failure. There's different levels of failure we can talk about blowing up the team and firing Mattingly. And, I mean, there's different theories, but this is a failure, 100%. Um, let's, let's, let me then ask you this, because I know we're a couple days late and we told people this is the day, so hopefully you all are tuning in. Uh, but let me ask you this, because it's not timely to recap the games anymore. They happened sure. last week. Okay. Let's kind of look ahead on this. All right. What's Don to the, to the next game? Yeah, to, to, to <laughs> March 1st in, in, you know, at, at Camelback Ranch. What is Don Mattingly's future in Los Angeles? Is he going to be the manager for another season? Let alone, let me put it this way: Is he going to be the manager for another week? Let alone another season? I actually think he's going to be back. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's that good a manager, but I think it's just a case of where you know uh, they like him. He's a nice guy. He, he's really good with the media. Uh, I think the the uh, the team likes him. You know, but it's just like there's something missing, and you know, it it might not be on him because I mean it's it's they don't have those certain positions in place, you know. Yeah. So so give if maybe you give him one more year, you give him some help in the bullpen, you know, make that really a target in this off season, and go get yourself a third starter, you know. Ideally, you'll be able to you know be able to make those things happen and still hang on to Urias. You know, yeah, and uh, and maybe we get to see him a little bit in the in the in the rotation next year, but I, I, I any time you kind of stagnate like this and you have a big payroll and you get to the point in the playoffs where it looks like you're simply not getting over the hump. I mean, a head's got to roll. I mean, is it going to be Rick Honeycutt? I mean, you know, I mean, it seems like. One person that got over the hump, maybe the whole Dodgers team didn't do, but at least Kershaw kind of got yeah. that monkey off his back by getting that one win. But now it's like, who knows? Grinky could go someplace else. You know, he opted out. You know, and, and that's so. the thing. I mean, I don't think he will, but he certainly could. Right. I think he likes LA. He certainly had success. Why mess with it? Just get more money. But the, the opportunity's there. If he's a free agent, he's gonna he's gonna listen to offers. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the payroll, the future payroll, and they've got a lot of money locked up next year, like 181 million. A lot, yeah. And they're something. obviously gonna bring and they have to go through arbitration with a bunch of guys. Justin Turner is gonna get a pretty penny in arbitration. Nothing crazy, but he's gonna get nice money. There's a lot of guys to go through arbitration. Kenley Jansen's gonna get nice money in arbitration. Um, but I'm looking at 2017, and I'm looking at Bronson Arroyo, who you know non-factor. Uh, J.P. Howell is going to come up for free agency before that season. Kenley Jansen, A.J. Ellis, Justin Ruggiano, Justin Turner, uh, Chris Heisey, kind of a non-factor again. But they're going to lose a lot of guys to free agency. And then Jimmy Rollins, obviously, is a free agent now. Uh, Howie Kendrick is a free agent uh, for 2016 now. So here's, here's my deal. Here's why I'm saying this. If you wanted one more year with Don Mattingly, spend a ton of money, Go down the path you've been going down. Get the third starter or count on Ryu being healthy. Maybe that's your answer. Get that third starter. Do whatever. Take one more shot. And if you make it, Don Mattingly did it. That's great. Whatever. If you don't make it, 
blow the whole thing up. And I don't mean go young. I'm not saying do what the Astros did. You don't, you know, don't have a payroll of six million dollars. Mm-hmm. But blow up the base, keep Kershaw and Granky, and say we're going to go everywhere else around here, and we're going to build a new nucleus. Well, I mean, in order to build that nucleus, you have to get young studs. That in which you have They've got Seager, a few. Yeah. You, we, we've got a few, but um, I think in the pitching, Justin Turner's young enough. If Urias is coming up, you're committed to Ryu through uh, what is it, 2018. You're obviously committed to Grant. You would be committed to Granky for a while. You're committed to Kershaw for a while. Like I can see the the makings of it. You know, lock down Kenley Jansen for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it's just a matter of who's available in free agency. Because Adrian Gonzalez doesn't have that many more years left. He's not right. old, but he doesn't have that much longer right. left. What do you think? And uh, <laughs> Zach will love this one. How about a deal? Because there's something that hasn't be, been uh, shed light on with Javi missing that uh, workout. With Matt Harvey, you yeah. know? There's something there about him that's going to come out and come to light. And could the Dodgers... Make a deal for Matt Harvey and have him and have three studs instead of two. You know, maybe it takes it Puig, certainly, mm-hmm. and maybe Jock as well. Ooh. Well, this is if you're trying to hang on to Urias. Yeah. And then kind of flush that out with a couple arms. Let me, let me put it to you differently. Would you give up Seeger for Matt Harvey? Would you give up Seeger for anything? I think you're keeping Seeger and I think you're keeping Urias. No matter what. Pretty much no matter what. And, you know, then you just get rid of everybody else. I mean, after seeing, like, what the Mets got for, like, R.A. Dickey a couple years ago. I yeah. mean, it was Syndergaard, uh, Dano. Zach, who else did they get? The Syndergaard, Dano, definitely. Yeah, it was. So to get, like, a a whole battery for an aging knuckleballer, that's ludicrous. So uh, that makes me think and, you know, curse my tongue. All Dodger fans, but what could they get if they get that for Dickey? What could they get for Clayton Kershaw? Wait, are you are you saying now that the Dodgers should trade Clayton Kershaw? I'm just pontificating. I'm just hypothesizing. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm asking you what you think about that. I mean, because if you could get, you know, four stud arms. You know, if two of them pan out, and you put them with say Urias pans out, and Urias. Pans out, you have a big three. Ooh. You know, then Grinky's probably at the tail end of his his astronomical contract that you gave it. But I just don't see that depth, especially in arms, in the farm system that is going to be like that next. And who, if Urias doesn't, who's going to Ryu? You can't count on him coming yeah. back from injury. And if Kershaw, know? if Kershaw has that year that seems to be inevitable for so many guys and goes down for TJ, you lose a year for him. God forbid you don't re-sign Zach Granke. We're all sitting here like, oh, they probably will. He likes LA. Well, you know, shoot, the Padres could throw him a billion dollars. You know, I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that could happen in free agency. But trading Clayton, Kershaw, there's something to be said. I know that's insane, but I will defend you on this before you get attacked by the internet comment commentary it yeah there's something to be said for selling high no matter who it is that's what i'm saying yeah. and it's like is this guy gonna get more dominant than he has been the past three seasons and you have zero world series trophies to show for it. you have zero playoff series wins to show for it so I mean, if that's still the case when it comes time to re-up him again, are you going to re-up him? Well, and the, I mean, and then so you might as well get something for him and restock. And, and make the an major important arm. distinction on that: it's not Kershaw. I mean, Kershaw's been bad in the playoffs at times, but it is not Kershaw's fault 
you don't have a World Series. He pitched badly in St. Louis. It's his fault you lose a couple playoff games. But without Kershaw, you don't even get close to this. So True. it's not about punishing Kershaw and banishing him and sending him away. It's the opposite. It's a sh- it's a business move at that point to say, what could we get for this guy? Yeah. That's it, it, The one thing that I think this is insane, and I disagree with you 100%, but I will say the one thing about this that would make sense to me is Kershaw is under contract for a while. It's expensive as hell. But it's a set contract. And so no team is going to have to negotiate with him until before 2022, I believe, is the year. Wow, so if, if, if you're a team who's in contention now and whatever and needs a frontline starter, you might be saying, hey, we don't have to worry about this for six years. You mm-hmm. know, we don't have to worry about Kershaw. We'll pay him a ton of money. Maybe the Dodgers eat some of that money. And we don't have to worry about this for a while. And he'll regress over that time, and then we can visit it when we visit it. But I, I do kind of agree with you. Guys like this aren't dominant forever. The, the shelf is short. The window's short. Um, I think he's going to have a longer window than most, but the window is still short. He's I, had a long window already. <laughs> he definitely has the body for a long window. Yeah. I mean, he is an absolute horse. But, I mean, I'm just saying, how can you do it? How can you restock this farm system? Because past, like, Seeger and, like – Homegrown talent, it's like Puig, he was kind of flashing the pan a little bit, and he wasn't even homegrown, he was just plucked from Cuba. You don't think that Puig will come back and have a good year next year? Well, I mean, everything I hear about this guy is he's kind of tough to deal with in the clubhouse, so I'm wondering if they're better off moving him. That being said, is he kind of low right now? Is it selling low? That is selling. I always worry about with any guy like this at any level – um, and this and this works with a, actually a relief pitcher the Dodgers just claimed on waivers. This actually is a parallel in a weird way. But a, a down year because of nagging injury. So Puig had all these hamstring injuries. And I'm looking at it and like, was the hamstring messing with him in spring training? Was it messing with him since day one and you try to play through it so much? Mm-hmm. And then it literally hamstrings, pun intended, your entire year. And you come back and then you don't. And you come back and you don't. And you look up October 1st and you're hitting 249. Yep. And that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. The Dodgers just picked up this Brooks Brown, this relief pitcher from the Rockies. Shoulder inflammation all year. Pitched and then went to the DL. Pitched and went to the DL. Dude throws hard. He's got great stuff. Rockies are looking at him like, eh, wasted year. We can get another one. Dodgers might be saying, if he gets healthy, bullpen option. You know, so it's it's. I think with Puig, you have to weigh that same thing on a bigger scale because he's a better player. He's making more money. Is he a guy who had a couple hamstring injuries and once he's actually healthy this winter, will go back to the player he was, or has the league figured out Yasiel Puig and he's too tough to deal with to make it worthwhile? Um, I think more the former than the latter. I think he is going to be a better player than he was this year. Is he ever going to reach his ceiling, which I think is incredibly high? I don't know. Or, you know? or the Yasiel Puig of 2013, who was a half-year MVP candidate almost. Absolutely. Who did what Cespedes did for the Mets this year. So I think that guy cut found out a little bit. Yeah. The 2013. But then you have to see what comes after that. You know, if he's going to have that, you know, type makeup where he can say, all right, these are the holes in my swing. This is what I'm going to work on. And, you know, if he has like a positive veteran influence to kind of, you know, take that one on your rebate role. That that would help as well. Would you? Yeah. I mean, then does that make sense? Do you send Puig to New York? The problem is Uribe, Bartolo Colon; those guys aren't going to be in New York forever, you know. Yeah. But you, but any team that's going to want Yasiel Puig is you're going to have to find a team with a veteran like that, yeah. with a guy like Uribe who's going to want to not coach him. I mean, I don't want to demean Yasiel Puig saying he needs that, 
but you're going to have to find a veteran who either explicitly or implicitly shows him the path. Right. <laughs> until he gets it. Until he proves that he gets it long term and hopefully can stay healthy. That would be a, be a pretty good 3-4 there if they were able to re-sign Cespedes. Th- the Cuban double boppers. I, I think a great place for Yassiel Puig is Denver, Colorado. I think Zach's on eBay or something. I think he's celebrating the Game 3 win. I don't know if they won. No, no spoilers for Mike, everybody. Um Zach, what is the feeling in New York about guys? Let's talk Matt Harvey. What's the feeling on Matt Harvey in New York? Are Mets fans sick of him, or does he have a future there, or is Mike crazy and and we could actually like work a trade to L.A. or something? I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know how the fan base feels in New York because I live in L.A. now. Um, you so. don't read you don't read the Daily News every day. <laughs> not not so much, but <laughs> uh, but I know that especially if he keeps pitching well, like he has in the playoffs like he'll he'll stick around like he's coming off of this is year off of tommy john surgery so if he can get, keep that up i don't think the mets the mets fans are going to stay loyal to him the the drink it like the drinking thing missing practice i don't know how, how most people i just was like it's like whatever the guy's what 25 years old and he like stayed out late and was a little hungover for work but a first playoff uh workout the, you know, the Look, first one, it, not being in the playoffs in some time. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. You can't say it's not dumb, and he should like be reprimanded for it by the team. But, I mean, we all did stupid stuff at 25. It just wasn't under scrutiny. I'm, I'm more concerned with the innings limit football. He's, uh, he's, he's right on the money about that. <laughs> I'm more concerned with the innings limit conversation that, that Scott Boris had and that whole snafu in the media and if right. that poisoned Harvey long-term in New York and if that maybe made Harvey not want to stay long-term in New York. I think he wants to be there. I, I, I was just uh, trying to get Zach's opinion. If, if you know, we put Jacques Peterson <laughs> together with Yasiel Puig and two um, pitching prospects, would that be enough to get um, you know Matt Harvey and Juan Lagares? It won't be enough to get Jacob deGrom, I'll tell you that. No. Uh I'm looking at the game three, game four scores. I can't tell you, but whoo, buddy. Um, I won't even – Zach knows. He already knows the final score. That's got to yeah, be I'm a pr- pretty <laughs> nice um, getting to Grinky now. Um, it's, yeah. it's pretty nice uh, position to be in that you can opt out of three years, $71 million, you <laughs> and, know? and what do you think he's going to get? What do you? What, let me look up how old I mean, he is exactly. Ball, what do you think he's, I think he's like? I think he's 32. So I mean, low ball, five years, one hundred and sixty million. Yeah, I was going to say six years actually. Yeah, yeah. And s- six years at one one ninety. He's thirty one. He will turn thirty two tomorrow. Wow. So back to the future days. Zach Granke turns thirty two. Um, yeah. Like I mean, if you, if you're if you're Granke's agent, right, and he opts out of three years, seventy one million. You know, and you, I mean. Do you just wrap him in bubble wrap for the off season and have twenty four hour surveillance on him? I mean, it's like, how can you give away that kind of money? Like, I'm looking at his numbers, and I know we know what he did all year, and we know what he's done in his career in Kansas City and stuff. But he was so much better this year than he's ever been, and he's had some incredible years. But he was so much better. He picked the perfect year. Yeah, he did the perfect year. Perfect. Year. And I think his contract, he could have opted out. After the next few years, too, right? Was mm-hmm. this the first of several opt-outs? But it doesn't matter now because he's, you know. I mean, that's that's the agent making his money then because that's just, exactly what you do. You know, you oh, put no, a bunch of opt-outs in the second half of the contract, and then when you have a stud year, you, 
And it's what you should do. And listen, for him, I know Dodgers fans want him back, and I think they're treating it like a foregone conclusion, maybe out of sheer hope (laughs) that he comes back. But if you're him, I think you listen to every offer, except if it comes from Arizona, Colorado, Philadelphia. Take the biggest hitters parks and say, nah, no thanks. But you take about those those 12 to 15 pitcher-skewed parks, and you say, how much money are you going to give me? How good is your team? How much money are you going to give me? I'll listen to anything. Why wouldn't I? Worst case scenario, the Dodgers are going to give me $150 million, $180 million to return. That's a pretty good worst case. That is a pretty good worst case. Well, Scherzer got seven years, 210. But Scherzer is deceiving because he got seven years 210 or whatever the number was but he's getting like 15 million a year and then after he retires he's getting another have you heard about this he's going to get 10 million a year for like another 10 years that's very benia-esque yeah it is (laughs) it's so i mean i mean i mean the money's the money they're committed to him it's baseball it's guaranteed but his is paid out it's like you know using a credit card instead of your debit card (laughs) is this paid out a little bit differently i don't know that that matters for the nationals i don't think that would matter for the dodgers they could just you know they could give them they could probably write him a check for 180 million dollars tomorrow right what do they care um they're printing money but it's i just the thing with me with the dodgers and this is this is general and i know we're kind of jumping around the show but obviously we you know the games happen there's no point in talking about them now um the thing with the dodgers this is going to talk about game five (laughs) this is going to sound like an insult but they're kind of like the Padres. Them and the Padres have had a similar time with very different results on the field this year. But both teams sold out, spent a lot of money, got a lot of veterans, didn't get what they wanted this season, and are now living with decimated farm systems. And both teams this fall, this winter, are going to have to figure out who to get rid of, who to not re-sign, whatever it is, and how to restock a farm system. We know A.J. Preller wants to do that. His farm system is atrocious, and I think the Dodgers guys, I think if you're Farhan Zaidi and you come from Moneyball, which is his background, to big Moneyball in L.A., you still have the Moneyball values that you've learned. You need to stack a farm system. You you can't not. Yeah. I mean, it's the only way to to grow a winning team that's going to be sustainable you know that you, you have to get that good core young players you know uh, ideally you get the pitchers and get them up and get their their innings up to 200 you know so they can throw 200 so you're not in a situation where you're going into a postseason and you're worried about innings limits and shit like this yeah you know you got to get these guys good and then you know a couple years after them have a nice group of you know, position players that are growing and getting together, you know. So you can have these guys under control, bring them in for manageable money, and then add the right free agents that are just accents on your team as opposed to vital core parts of your team, you know. I mean, the Granky being a free agent, that's retaining your own guy, but you, you kind of have to do that. If you, But, I mean, you have to ask yourself, are you tired of, you know, just getting AL West hats or NL West hats? You don't, do you want to make a legitimate run at it? That might involve doing something crazy like moving a Kershaw to restock that barren, uh, you know, farm system and then not make the playoffs for a couple of years. But then you see Corey Seager get good. You know, hopefully you see Urias get in there and get good. You know, you have some other pieces that are already there. But, I mean, I wouldn't hesitate 
you know, if I, I would do it, probably shy away from it right now, unless there's behind the scenes, we don't know that Puig is too much of a cancer. You got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. It would be good to see him come back, start showing that promise as the player, and then maybe make a move of the deadline for him, you know. But I'd like to see them maybe go after one of those lesser pitchers for a three, or, you know, not not one of the big names, but a leak or something. Gotta say, like go that. get a Mike Leak. Yeah, That's yeah, the one yeah. I was thinking of. You know, um, and and address it that way. But it's either that it's either that or just blow it up, you know, or or spend even more money. Because what I'm looking at is, would you go get like an Araldus Chapman? And if you want to shore up the bullpen, you got your lefty nasty closer and your righty nasty closer. And if you could figure out a way to balance the two of them, and you've got Chapman and Jansen, won't come cheap. But wow. you don't care about cheap. Is Aroldis up at the end of this? I believe is he, he is he's a because agent? he was a trade deadline guy that never he was. went. He so was. he's either up this year or next year. Right. Um, and and the Reds, I don't think, are going to re-sign him. But that's amazing because they're not you know winning right now. Do you go get somebody like that? You know. And then do you have a situation, a palpable uh, Drew Storen situation, where that's somebody true. gets a little pouty because they're not getting all the save opportunities? That's true. You know? You very well might. Yeah, uh, arbitra- oh, excuse me. Chapman is arbitration eligible in, tw- eligible in 2016, free agent for 2017. So mm-hmm. he's got one more year of arbitration, can still be traded, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to make, you know, 10, 12 million bucks in arbitration this year. But 10, 12 million bucks for a top line closer, that's what you're going to pay Kenley Jansen, give or take, maybe 10 million, 8, 9, 10 million. That's not bad. And, and and the bullpen is a priority. We haven't even talked about it. The bullpen is a priority. It's a priority. There's no doubt about that. I, just, I look at a team with a lot of problems. Like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to hate on them. I don't mean to whatever you say. I look at a team with a lot of problems. A lot of For 92 wins, you got a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, I just think for the money it's going to take to go out and get a get a Chapman, and, like, if we're going to get him via trade, then we're going to have to give up prospects that we just yeah, talked gonna, about exactly. wanting to retain. And uh, So I just don't know if he's the answer. I think, you, you know, you make your money uh, through the scouting departments, and you have to find out these guys that are going to be, um, you know, Maybe they're failed starters, and you cruise them into the pen. And, like, that kid Hendricks that pitched for the Cubs tonight, you know, he was, like, as a starter throwing, like, 91, 92, 93, and then they move him to the pen, you know. He Mm -hmm. can just gas it out, and he's touching 98. Better example, Jake Arrieta, mediocre starter for a long time in Baltimore. Cubs saw something or did something, and now Jake Arrieta's probably, I think, going to win the Cy Young. Right. So And sometimes that's all it takes, Yeah. you know. So, So especially with... Win, it would don't mean to cut you off, but win yeah. the Cy Young in a hitter's park. <laughs> He's yeah. winning the Cy Young at Wrigley. You know, That's I mean, crazy. I know this isn't Coors Field, but Wrigley is not a pitcher's friendly confine. No. So you bring that. I mean, you're not going to get Arietta, but you bring a project like that who shows enough promise and needs that tweak to Dodger Stadium. Boom. You, you have what Brandon McCarthy, Brett Anderson, fill in the blank probably should have been. When's Arietta up? And they'll make a run a, at a him. A long time. Oh, really? Have the Cubs signed him yet? I don't think they have, actually. But he's going to get a ton of money. Yeah, now he's going to get a ton. He's going to get an in. He's only making $3.5 million this year. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> wow. He's going to get paid wow. uh, free agent 2018. But he'll go to arbitration this winter, probably make, what, $15 million. He's going to get a huge raise. And uh, and will go to f- become a free agent in 2018. So that's a conversation for another year. Um I just I, I know because we do this podcast and we get in depth and we get an hour every week to talk about this and when you have an hour with a team you're gonna find problems, especially in baseball because there are so many problems. But there are so many holes with this team. What would you do then if we're talking trading high? 
not necessarily what you get back. What do you give up? Who do you give up trade high this winter? Tell me it's not Justin Turner. Uh, no, it's not Justin Turner. I'd like to see. He does too many good things well. You know, I mean, he, he, I, I want him back with the Dodgers. He, you you know, I mean, he was easy. like the only guy hitting in the series. That's, I mean. that's true, but you don't think it's easier to replace a third baseman than it would have been, obviously, shortstop? Um, I mean, yes, and he's also a guy that's shown his versatility. You know, in a pinch, he can play second. You know, I mean, he can be a shortstop with no range. He can, <laughs> you know, maybe play in the outfield as a pinch. So I like guys like that. And with him and Kike, you know, in the mix, you have guys like that. Um, obviously, you're hamstrung with Crawford because <laughs> yep. you owe him whatever $22 million, uh, how, over the how many years? Like, is he off after? No. Through two, 2017. Ugh. And then you can finally. So two more years of him at uh, uh, 21 plus. But remember, they did that to get Adrian Gonzalez, and Adrian Gonzalez is doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> fine. You know. But, um, you know, he could have hit a little bit more in the series, but so, could, so couldn't all of them, you know? That's true. That's well, true. Of, when you lose a series like that, that's true of all of them. I, I, I had a good feeling, too, of that game five, because, I mean, you figure you're coming back. To uh, Chavez, you know, you got Granky on the hill, had a stud year. And you got DeGrom, who you just saw. Can you make an adjustment? Right. Yeah. And and you got, it's the 27th anniversary of Gibson's home run. It was all setting up perfect. <laughs> and then they lost. And then Daniel Murphy had the fun. Dude, Daniel Murphy. Okay, here's. But how about that sleeping and letting him get the third on that play? That's pretty stupid. I That's will say terrible. this. Daniel and, Murphy. And that is an inflection on the manager. I don't know what is. You know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a rookie out there and maybe yeah. just spaced and all that stuff, but... And it's I a reflection mean. on just the shift in general. The shift, baseball is evolving so quickly with the shifts and sabermetrics and defensive stuff that that the, the secondary rules haven't caught up yet. And Dana Murphy didn't do anything illegal. That was totally legal what he did. But people haven't learned to combat that yet with the shift because the shift is so relatively new for these guys. Right. These guys have been doing it for, what, two and three years wholeheartedly. Yeah, but I mean, I'm so, sure they're drilling the hell out of it in, in yeah, March, but, you know. When, you know spring, when you're 20 yeah. years old, how old yeah. is Seager? 21 years old. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I don't know. I was I, was, I had a point. And I totally forgot it. So it'll come back. Around. Carry on. Uh, was it about Justin Turner? That oh, was about Daniel Murphy. I know Boom. what it is. I look forward to whenever Daniel Murphy. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year this year. End of this year. I, believe. I look he, forward. Talk about a guy having a good year at the right time. After exactly after mm-hmm. his his playoff whatever uh, this uh, this fall, I look forward to the Angels riding high on him like they did David Freeze a couple <laughs> years ago and giving him a hundred million over seven years or something stupid yeah. that he's going to hit you know two thirty next year and people are going to be saying what are you doing? Wow. So Daniel Fries will be in L.A. next year. He'll just be playing. Or Daniel Murphy. <laughs> See, I already did it. <laughs> Daniel Fries. Daniel Murphy will be in L.A. next year. He'll just be playing for the Angels. Hmm. Um, <laughs> well, the Angels, I think, traded for Fries, right? They traded Peter Borges. They did, and, yeah. Uh, but then I thought they signed him to an extension. Am I oh, crazy? Oh, okay. I Maybe thought they... the Angels signed Fries to an extension Oof. after the trade. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Forgive me if I am. But they gave him – he's got way too much money due for way too many years. Yeah. That, that was, you yeah, know, after, after a great postseason. Good for him. Um, get paid. Yeah, seriously. Granky's going to get paid this winter. Uh, I don't know even where else you go with this team. Um, well, what do you try, and, try and bring back Kendrick. Yes. Yeah, I think you have to. Lose the two old Phillies. Mm-hmm. 
Make Seagy a starting shortstop. If you want to bring back one of those, I mean, if J-Roll wants to come off the bench and be, like, just a clubhouse guy, uh, I don't think he'll want to because I think he's probably better than, you know, some shortstops out there. I'm an advocate. Listen, I said this before. I'm an advocate of Jimmy Rollins going home to Oakland where he was born and raised. Oakland has that terrible shortstop, Marcus Simeon. Most mm. defensive errors in the American League made, what, 40 years this year or something close. Let J-Roll play shortstop. That team's going nowhere. Or he can be your bench guy. Build around that. Trade Sonny Gray to the Red Sox. Just had to get that in there for uh, you. That would be nice. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I think, hope you're Bill Bean. Let him go for a year or two more years, however long he plays. Give him the swan song at home. And he's a free agent. That's not a trade he would have to sign there. But I think that would be a fit. I mean the whole red carpet, bring out Hammer and yeah. everything? Why not? You know? Why not? I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> bring back Jason Giambi. I don't care. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So give her to them. So now you're looking at – you assume what's Kendrick going to command? You know, a four-year deal. What's he on right now? Let me just some, let me just flip through papers like again. Four at fifty, fifty-two. Is that going to get it done? With, uh, that might be a little high. That's high. You don't okay. guess, he made nine and a half this year. Okay. So and he hit almost three hundred. Right. I would give him maybe like four at forty-four. And I don't even know if you give him a raise, four at 40, something like that. Yeah, I could do that. Even two. Give him two. Give him two years. Just push the ball down the court and say, we'll give you two and we'll overpay at 24 just to keep it moving. And then two years from now, we can reassess second base. Oh, well, that'd be great. I think someone's going to give him a three or four year deal out there to get a second baseman that plays a steady short. He does yeah. and hits 300, mm, or 295, whatever he's at. Here's the thing, though. When you have a team this good, and the Dodgers have problems, but they're good. You're in L.A. You're in a media market. Everybody wants to play here, more or less. I wonder how much hometown goodwill you can get with these guys. Kendrick's played his whole career in L.A. Mm. with the Angels and then the Dodgers. That's true. Do you say, hey, somebody's going to give you 4 and 44 or whatever. We'll give you 2 and 24, but it's L.A., you're familiar, get two more years here, hometown you know, yeah. discount, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to have him back. Is all I'm I saying. would too. I would. I absolutely would too. Had I would say had a career year, but he didn't have a career year. Every year he does what he did this year. Mm-hmm. He's remarkably consistent. Career two ninety three. He hit two ninety five this year. Career three thirty three on base. He was on base three thirty six this year. Career four twenty uh, slugging percentage. He was four ten slugging percentage this year. Career seven fifty five OPS. He was seven forty six this year. Remarkably consistent. That's what he does every year. Right. Um, that's that's. One of your more valuable players, and maybe you do commit more to him now that I'm really looking at him. He he, he was on a four year, thirty three and a half million dollar deal that ended this year. So four, you know, eight eight and a half a year, give or take on average. He made nine and a half this year, but uh, maybe you give him ten million bucks. He just turned thirty two. Do you say one more four year deal and then you're probably done, or at least done with big money? Oh yeah, 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 and probably done. You know, he's had his share of injuries. You know, every yeah. year he's down for 25, 30 games. But the 130 he does play, they're at a high level. Yeah, two out of the last three years. He's played 122 uh, in 2013, then 157 last year, then 117 this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, who do we got in the minors that could come and play? Oh, we play Kike at second. But that's the thing. I mean, Kike is going to be your super utility. So, so I And mean, I like him better in that role and not where he's starting, you know? Yeah. I think I'm looking. If you're looking around the diamond, I think AJ Ellis is going to come back, and AJ Ellis is a free agent after next season. He's going to go to arbitration this year, hmm. so he'll come back. 
Grandal will come back. And Grandal, I know we didn't hit it all at the end of the year. I know he was scuffling with injuries. Mm. That dude's a good catcher. I think you'd be dumb to lose a guy like that to trade him or do whatever. That dude is a good catcher. You traded for him for a reason. And when you look at what the Dodgers had before him, Tim Fedorovich, Grandal and Ellis are a huge upgrade to Fedorovich and Ellis to Butera and Ellis. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see more of that combination. I think you know what you're getting out of Ellis. He's the steady veteran, but Grandal does have that, like, 25 home a pop potential. That's the thing. You've you got know? a better hitting so. catcher, and you've got a left-handed hitting catcher. So you can match up a little differently depending on who you have pitching that day, even though Ellis is going to catch Kershaw more or less every time. Right. Um, so you get those two behind the plate. Adrian Gonzalez is going to stay at first base for a little while longer. Uh, Howie Kendrick, I think you got to try to get him back at second. Corey Seegers has to be a shortstop. Turner is at third. I'll stay with you on that. But I can see a case for selling high. He's about the only sell high you've got. The other guys are making too much money. It'd right. be tough to sell high. Right. Uh, left field's a disaster. I don't even want to talk about it. Center field, Jock Peterson, it really depends what they think of his future. Is he going to right the ship and not hit 200, or do you cut your losses now? Hmm. You know, That's a big question for me. Is he... I guess that's maybe the last big question because Ethier, I think we're going to do this Ethier Puig dance in right field again. Yeah. Where last winter, all it was was they're going to trade Ethier. They got to trade Ethier. There's not enough space. They didn't trade Ethier, and this was one thing they did exactly right. Yeah. It was so glad they didn't trade Ethier. He had a good year. Puig got injured. Peterson struggled. And all of a sudden, we're looking at Ethier being like, dude, you look great. I know. We're so glad to have you. (laughs) For a guy at his age, I mean, as far as outfielders go, we probably led all the outfielders in games played, you know, and to have a guy do that at his age, I mean, ludicrous. I think that's, uh, we're going to go through that same song and dance next year. But 142 games played. He, he had, had a great season. Well, Jacques did 151. So I think he had a, had a great season. Um, he, he, I mean, he's over his career average, way overcame last year. We'll do the same thing next year with him about, excuse me, trades and everything. He has a vesting option in 2018, so he's due a couple more years of money. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe it's tough to trade him. But then the last question, and the pitchers we kind of went over, but we know what the deal is. The last question is Jock. Do you think Jock is the center fielder of the future who got his feet wet and is going to move forward? Or is it time to cut and run and and get what you can for a quote-unquote exciting prospect? Um, I think probably the first one. I mean, it's unfair to ask the kid to be anything more than he was in his first year in the big leagues. I mean, he was pretty impressive. You know, and while he does strike out too much, you know, there's ways to get better at that, you know, as you, as the more you play. I mean, look at a guy like, you know, Curtis Grandison. I mean, he, he like struck out all year and then in the playoffs he, he's not striking out <laughs> so it's as easy as maybe like just becoming more selective but I do like that he does have good plate discipline and he does get like, a lot of walks it's like how much more selective would you want him to be because yeah. if he's not striking out he's walking that's the only yeah. two things he does yeah. it's so weird so maybe it's like he's got to be less selective Yeah, and he's got to like find his pitch and hit it you know and there's this is kind of like a lot of that around baseball it's kind of like a the ebb and flow of how it's going, you know, that whole money ball thing took over at the turn of the century, and it was all about guys getting on base, on base percentage, on base percentage. How do guys get on base? Well, they wait for their pitch. If it's not in the strike zone, they don't string, walks, walks, OBP, OBP. But now it's like they're calling the high strike, you know, they're a little liberal on the lower pot. They're calling that outer edge a little liberally. So it's like you got to get up there looking for your pitch to hit and not looking to take a strike or anything like that. Yeah. You, you see a free-swinging team like uh, Kansas City and seeing the success they're having 
employing that and just defense. You know, they can even get by with mediocre pitching, you know, in their starting staff because they have that shutdown bullpen, sick defense, and, you know, they get the timely hits when they need them, you know. It, so that's, it, that's really where teams are heading. And, and this is an era of the pitcher that we are fully in right now. This was a year of the pitcher. Everybody throws 95 miles an hour. Everybody has an 88-mile-an-hour slider. It is stupid at this point. Mm-hmm. So if you're if the strike zone gets a little bigger, if whatever else is going on, if they're going to call a high strike, um, you're in trouble. And this will ebb and flow. The strike zone will get smaller again. Baseball will make tiny adjustments because the game will inevitably tweak, as it always does. Mm-hmm. But for the next couple of years, man, I think it's year of the pitcher coming up again. I think you're going to see more guys having those Jake Arrieta, Zach Granke type of years. Get ready. Man, yeah. Uh, last question for you going into our offseason. Baseball wide, something the Dodgers did, somebody, you know, something the Red Sox did, whatever. What would you change baseball wide? Rules, uh, you know, culture of the game. What did you see this year that you want done differently next season? Oh, I would like less replay. Me too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, my, initially, like when replay first came into the major sports and stuff, I was kind of for it because it is about getting it right and all about that stuff. But baseball, I just do not like it. It's terrible. All. It's terrible. And and like it's amazing they were able to kind of get it slid through with all the talk about you know speeding up the games, and then you do this, which is anything but speeding it up, and you know. 99 out of 100 times, or maybe not 99, but 97 out of 100 times, it would have came out that way anyway if you just went with the ump's call, you know? So uh, I don't see it. It's kind of a futile thing to wish for because I don't think it's going anywhere, but I would like to see it be limited. I'm I would like to see it be eliminated completely. Yeah, that would be nice. The only call I want to see it on is did a ball... Go, go out of the, the park fence. on yeah. a home run. That's, That's the only call because other than because if you're clearly going to take away, I don't know, something about it where if you hit a home run, I want you to have a home run. Yeah. And there's so many stupid parks that the fence is difficult for umpires to see. It's like make it clearer, but yeah. everything else, you cannot tell me as much as I love baseball and as much as I love, let's use the Rockies as, as an example. Why not? You cannot tell me in the third inning of a game in mid-July between the fifth-place Rockies and fourth-place D-backs that if the Rockies hit a run-scoring double and he's called out at second base but he's actually safe in the third inning that you should replay that and find out he, I don't care yeah. I'm the only one who would care and I don't give a damn I would rather the game just move the hell on Oh, you know? that'll be something. Maybe maybe wrong? when two uh, teams are mathematically eliminated from postseason, no more replay. No more replay. <laughs> you have to even before that, starting April first, you have to be in first or second place to earn a replay. Wow! So like early on, you know, almost everybody's getting a replay because it's whatever. But after about a couple weeks, like if you're in third place, you don't get a replay, wow. and the team that you're playing doesn't get one either. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You just want to go back to the way it was like three years ago where yes. it was just boundary stuff. Yes. No, no uh, nothing. I can, I can get behind or that. Or here's the other thing. Here's the alternative since this isn't going to happen and we're talking crazy because they're not getting rid of replay. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Here's the alternative. Explain the call. Give the ump a damn microphone so when he calls something, some of them are straightforward, but some of them they make a call and even the TV guys are like – Wait a second. Yeah. Like, wh- what were they actually replaying? You know, you'll replay two ends of a double play. I saw this in the game a couple weeks ago. You replay both ends of a double play, and we're not sure which one you're looking at. We're looking at some replays. You're obviously looking at the ones you need in New York. Right. You make a safe call which one was safe. It just, 
explain it to me. Explain it. You know? Well, that, that'll, that'll slow it down even more. <laughs> well, that's, more. that's the problem. If you get, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth and speed up the game and then have replay. You just can't do it. I just, I don't understand it. I hate it. I wish it were gone. It's not going anywhere. So if you're going to have it, explain it and use it judiciously. No last place teams. No third inning of games. No coaches challenges. Mm. So bad. <laughs> so bad. I'm trying to think, is there anything else? we got a couple minutes left, three, three and a half minutes left. Is there anything else you would change in baseball? Or is there anything that was new this year that you liked in baseball? I can think of one thing from me. New this year that I liked? I mean, I guess having the um, batters kind of not lollygag out the pitches. That's a you good know? point. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not really something I focused on, but... It did probably speed along the game by like 10 or 15 minutes, but it, it isn't anything I was really focused on. Um, and as far as changes to the game, besides the replay and that, like what else was changed? I'll, I'll, this I'll, give, you, I'll give you a couple. Okay. The first one, and this is me again being kind of old school with replay. Mm-hmm. The first one, I hope baseball adds two more teams, 32 even, 16 per league. Get the hell rid of interleague play. I would prefer, and this is real old school, and it's fun. Like like the Rockies and the Red Sox are going to play next year. That's cool. You don't see the other team very often. Like it's fun. Mm. But I would rather you play interleague very rarely, if at all. Right. In this situation where teams are opening day playing interleague games. Teams on the last game of this year are playing. I hate it. And do what football does. Realign the divisions so you have four divisions of four. You know, north, south, east, west, whatever it ends up being. Instead of three divisions of five, instead of 15 and 15, add a team in Charlotte, North Carolina, add a team in Las Vegas or Portland or, wait for it, I'm not even kidding, Mexico City, they're talking about it, nice. or Montreal, um, and, and do 32 teams. This won't be ready, obviously, for next season. Yeah. But down the road, do 16 teams in a league, four per four divisions. You can keep within your league no god darn instant replay, or no god darn interleague play. And so no, I'm I'm behind. Yeah, in a league play, that's it was a nice novelty, but the novelties worn off. Yeah, um, and it's a little unfair when they were doing interleague play for divisions and for rivalries and stuff. It, are, are the Red Sox and Braves a rivalry? Do they consider that a rivalry? Uh, they allegedly the Red do, Sox and Phillies or something. Yeah, uh, both of those. Because it like, seems like no, but the thing is, and Chipper Jones pointed this out when the Braves were good. He was like, "Wait a second, the Rockies' rivalry is the Royals." Now, five years ago, the Rockies and the Royals each sucked, so it was like free wins. Mm. The Braves, when they were good, their rival was the Red Sox, who were good. Right. And Chipper Jones is like. I want to play the Royals. Like, how come I have to play the Reds? It's not a fair. The schedule's imbalanced anyways. Yeah. Get rid of interleague. Get rid of that stuff. I hate it. Um, one other thing I will change, I would like to change, netting. It's time for netting around at least That's down true. to the dugouts, at least like five feet up the dugout thing or whatever. That's true. No one's paying attention, and they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's at least... Try to protect the first, you know, five, six, eight rows. And that's kind of an evolution of the game, too, because you raise the price of ticket prices so high that you can't put super reflect, you know, like baseball fans down there that are hanging every pitch. Instead, it's like some schmo that works at a financial firm is there with, like, you know, some clowns he's entertaining and they're talking and they get hit by a line drive off the face. Yeah. And that's so it's going to happen, I guess. Anything, and I know. Well, lower prices. (laughs) <laughs> and I know people say, like last point, I know people say that, well, you know, it's it's 
it, you know, stop being a wuss or stop being a baby or baseball. Pay attention to the game and baseball's tough. But it's the same argument we made with Chase Utley last week. It's one thing to be tough and it's one thing to have a tough game and baseball's a tough game. It's another thing to have people get injured, whether on the field or in the stands, when they don't have to get injured. Right. You don't need the lady in Fenway. This happened in Fenway who got hit with the ball mm-hmm. and almost died, who got hit in the head or whatever. You don't need that. That's not about paying attention to the game. Ball's I think it was coming, a bat. I think or it was a bat a or whatever bat, it was. Yeah. It's you don't like the way those things are moving, how fast those balls move. Mm. You don't need that, mm. you know. And if you're going to say, well, so and so rolls his ankle at second base to go back to the Utley thing, okay, turning double plays is tough, but getting tackled at second base, you don't need, you know. Let's yeah. let's be common sense about some of this stuff. Play a safety. Fan safety. Fan safety. Yeah. And then and then from there on, if you put up nets going about, you know, 100 feet down the line or whatever, and a fan manages to get injured 50 rows up from a baseball, it's either a freak thing or they maybe were should have been paying a little better attention as long as the ball took to get there. Mm-hmm. But in those first few rows, whew. Oh, and one other thing, speaking of keeping people healthy, uh, some well wishes to uh, Mr. Vin Scully. Hopefully yeah. he gets... Uh, That's a good we, point. We missed him in the playoffs this year, so hopefully he's getting uh, healed up and we'll have uh, the Redhead's voice in our ears next year. That's going to be a tough next season. Uh, Scully's coming back, abbreviated season. Dick Enberg in San Diego, abbreviated season. Don is going to take over for him on play-by-play there. We will be back next season, not an abbreviated season. Woo-hoo. We may end up doing a couple off-season shows here, like once a month or something. We'll talk about it. Wow. If you have thoughts on our off-season show, if you'd like to see something once a month, actually hit the comments on YouTube. You can tweet me at Bobby DeMuro. He doesn't have a Twitter. I'll give out his phone number right now. Wow. It is... <laughs> Uh, no, seriously, tweet me at Bobby DeMiro. Love to talk baseball with you guys. I won't tell you what happened in the Dodgers Mets or in the I can't talk in the Mets Cubs game tonight. I will say go home and watch it. Thank you. Uh, and that's about it, man. Good season. Good season. That's it for us. That's Mike. I'm Bobby Zach on uh, the engineering tonight with the Mets. I have a feeling he'll be talking Mets baseball for a while to come this off season. Uh, but that's it. We'll see you next at least next March on Dodgers Wrap 360, if not before. Have a great winter, guys. We'll see you soon. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 